It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a Radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Hello, everybody. It is number 115 of the Go Birds podcast. John Barchard, along with Elliot Shore Parks, I've got to tell you some things right off the bat because we are, oh, we're crunched on time, but also we just want to get out as many takes as possible. First things first, come join us at the Mayfair Business District right on Frankfurt and Cotman. If you want to come hang out and watch this game with us for a little happy hour action from 5 to 7, right on the corner again of Frankfurt and Cotman. It's going to be a fun time. We'll be broadcasting live, a little pregame show if you can't get there, fun stuff like that. Second of all, LA Shore Parks, the Eagles are indeed going into Green Bay, and they are going to win this football game. Wow. I, I lock it down, uh, put it on a poster, tell your grandmother, Eagles are going to be 2-2 two and two coming out of Green Bay. I feel really good today after watching that awful game way too many times, yeah. re-watching too many times. I think there is still a lot of good, positive play uh, in this Eagles team and the uh, the biggest thing is they got to get their head out of their ass, and that's kind of what so, everybody's <laughs> questioning here. But how do you how do you see this kind of thing uh, flowing for you? It's not this isn't my pick yet, but my gut tells me they'll win the game. Like and same, yeah. Normally, my gut is right. Like that is one thing. Like I find that I'm most often wrong when I make a prediction when I think too hard about it. Yeah. Like I just right off the bat, this feels like a win. I think the Eagles are a bit of a mess right now. I'm not sure they're one in a three, one in three of a mess. Like I don't yeah. think. That feels extreme. Now, 
We'll talk about the you know the X's and O's of the game, but there's no reason on paper they should win this game. Like absolutely none. The Packers. Uh-huh are better than them in every way. Their defense is much better, uh, and that has been the biggest bright spot for this Packers team. And that's my first note, is you have to find a way. It's kind of hard to take out a player on defense, but you got to find a way to take out uh, Alexander because he has been yeah. a stud uh, superstar since he's come into the league here. He's all over the field. Um, you know, I think their front seven is obviously pretty good, too, uh, on top of that, but I, I still like... You know, the Eagles' offensive line uh, versus them, even though they've had their struggles too, and I'm sure we'll talk about that, even though overall I think they played really well. You hope that Jason Peters and, you know, Andre Dillard seems like it's not going to be that big of a deal either. So. Also, that stupid clip going around where it looks like the offensive line stopped playing and, like, well, you know what I'm talking about. Well, first of all, that's my fault. Oh, I, screen- I-, I screenshotted one of it, and I just said, you can't have four guys just standing around. But then, the video when you look at the video again, you're going like, okay, that's pretty well, much me, on Carson there. So I saw it on, like, it was like an NFL memes account or something yeah. like that. And, like, it, it's probably up to, like, a couple hundred thousand views. Like, Carson held the ball too long there. Five seconds. Yeah. Pro- about five seconds. <laughs> Broke his own pocket. Didn't it's not check an anti-Carson take. Way. It's just what happened. Yeah. He held it too long. They th- it, also, at one point, I'm pretty sure he cocks his arm back to throw and pulls it back. Yeah. And the offensive line probably thought it was out. See, so. yeah, Dan, Dan Orlovsky agrees with you. Yeah. yeah. That's what he probably thought, too. So and Dan's one, awesome. Yes. It was right. one of the... One of the few mistakes that I thought Wentz had made during that game, there's a couple others, obviously, that we all know about going in there. But this is, here's the thing. Here's why I feel extra confident about it. I, for the first time ever in my football life, do not feel confident about Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. Wow. And, and you should not either. Now, I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers can't just go and cut up this defense because we've seen some our QBs cut up this defense, but... Him and Matt LaFleur are not a good match. I don't think Matt LaFleur is a good match for anybody. I talk, I remember talking to Teron Davenport in the offseason and just getting his thoughts on what feels different with his Titans team and LaFleur going to Green Bay and how he thinks it's going to match up. And I don't know if it's a combination of Rodgers and injuries and him and all this, but like he has not had a good start to the year. Yeah, I'm not a big Matt LaFleur guy. I don't yeah. think he's a great head coach. I didn't think he did a great job with the Titans. My, yeah. my only issue is... And I do kind of agree. Like the dirty secret with Aaron Rodgers is he was healthy last year and they missed the playoffs. Yep. So it's they're not walking into a juggernaut. But I one main issue I have is this defense can only get pressure right now by blitzing. And going into a game against Aaron Rodgers in prime time at Lambeau, needing to blitz to make pressure doesn't just, feel great. Just feels bad, right? So <laughs> yeah. so I, I say to myself, okay, well well, how can they win the game? The defense holds the Packers under like twenty four points. I think minimum like that's the most they can get might even be 20 you know right so and again I think the Packers defense is very good although I will say I watched their win over the Broncos and the Vikings and I didn't think like they looked insurmountable I although I I think the one thing the Vikings and the Broncos both did was they ran the ball and I don't want to be the run the ball guy because I did that once last year and it's the most embarrassing thing I've ever done no I think this is but this this feels like a run the ball game just because they've been bad against the run. I don't know what the stats say, but I just know when I watched them the last two weeks, the Broncos had success. Phil Lindsay's very good. Um, yep. And Dalvin Cook is really fucking good. So I think that the Eagles don't have a player of the, that caliber on their roster right now. Miles Sanders could be that one day, but he's not that right now. So I do think it's a run the ball game on, on offense. But my, my issue is, do we think this Eagles offense without Deshaun – Probably without Alshon, the thing yeah, I, I keep going. So yeah. The thing I keep going back to is Mike Garofalo, one of the best reporters out there, tweeted 
before this Lions game, he thought week five for Alshon and Deshaun was best case scenario. Right. Doug said he was optimistic about Alshon last week. He didn't even stretch, right? Yeah, so yeah. he didn't even stretch before the game. So if you're without those two, do we think this offense can score over 25, you know, 26 points? I do because of what you said. And this is, and oddly enough, that's one way to take uh, Alexander kind of out of this game a little. I mean, he's still going to be uh, making plays all over the place, but. I, I think that's one way to at least counteract that. You go heavy. I liked what they did against the Lions. I don't think that was the wrong decision to be yeah. like, let's go into a bigger package. We know that Dallas Goddard's all banged up here. Let's get Vitae out there. Let's get Dillard out there, whoever it is that wants to go and be that extra tight end, and let's go run the ball. And what I'm going to tell you is, if you're calling for more Jordan Howard, stop it. I, stop agreed. it. I agree. Stop it. Like We are so, more in recent history, not all the time, but we are obsessed with, with guys that are boof, 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 big and beefy. Like, there are times when we don't, oh, LaShawn McCoy, oh, he dances too much. We, and and don't you lie right now, you thought DeMarco Murray was going to be a better fit. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, everybody thought that. Everybody's like, yeah, actually, North and South would be a lot better for the scheme. We said the same thing about why isn't there more LeGarrette Blunt? Why isn't there more of this? Why isn't Miles Sanders, I know the fumbles are there. They're egregious. They're huge mistakes, and they can't happen. He was your leading wide receiver, and he was your leading rusher all at the same time. And the only pass they threw the at Jordan Howard, he dropped. Yes. Well, and I'm like, pretty sure the only one, but one of the main ones. It takes away so much of everything else right now when you are wide receiver depleted to not have Miles Sanders there. He's the guy. I mean, like right off the bat against the Lions, he's the one lining up at wide receiver. So I- I'm fine with with you know having him in, in many different uh, spots on the field, and I think that's going to be – uh, the most confusing part for Green Bay to try and keep up with at least that. And you can, you know, it's not efficient. Listen, it's not efficient to just keep running the football for two, three series in a row or whatever. I, I get that. But sometimes you got to do stuff yeah. to w- what's just as you're saying with your personnel, like, are you going to have seven drops again? I don't know. But there's a way to make the game shorter, eliminate that. Uh, to it, It's a little scary. But here's here's why. Uh, I, I I mean, this is crazy almost. Rodgers QBR is 16th in the league right now. You know who's got – can you name some quarterbacks that you think are better QBR than him? We'll take the top five, like the Mahomes, the, the Lamar right. Jackson. We all know that. So you're saying quarterbacks that have a better QBR than Rodgers? Yes, as of now. I'm going to guess it's guys like I don't know, like Andy Dalton. Uh, close. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, okay. Matt Ryan. Jacoby Brissett. Case Keenum. Yeah. And Jimmy Garoppolo are all above him right now, which is – there's just something going on there, you know, and Matt Ryan is, is so far has and Ben Baldwin pointed this out again today, which is if you're not following him already, it is it is crazy to see that Matt Ryan has been a more efficient passer over the last five or six years than Aaron Rodgers has. No one talks about it. It's insane to me. Well, the big thing with Aaron Rodgers was when they when they got rid of the old head coach was he needs someone that's going to come in and actually correct him, not someone that he's not going to listen to, which was the hesitation with LaFleur just because of his age and obviously not a huge resume. Right. All that being said, I think we'll, we'll agree this is – I mean – I would rather play Matt Ryan, Case Keenum. Oh than yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. No, it's an in- there's it's something very interesting. Going on there. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, and then that's that's going to probably be still the continuing game plan for the Green Bay offense as well. I mean, Aaron Jones has had a spectacular last couple yeah, of weeks good. here. Devontae, uh, friend Parker. of the podcast, mind you too. By the way, just wanted to point that oh, out. Oh really? There. Oh yeah, we're we're DM buddies. You know, oh like, man, been trying to get Maria, who's one of our schedule. 
uh, uh, persons in the building because she's a big Packers fan. I've been trying to get her an autograph forever, but you know, come on, Aaron. What's Hopefully, going on? he doesn't listen to this one because you're <laughs> picking him to lose. You're going to DM him your pick. Yeah, I'm going to say, hey, good luck. Uh, you're going to lose tonight. <laughs> there I'll, I'll, I'll screenshot it. I was All like, right, you know, there we there go. go. Uh, but I, you know, uh, I think it's going to be the same kind of formula for the Green Bay Packers, which kind of fits into what this Eagles defense is great at um, and stopping, stopping the run. Stopping the run, yeah. But I. I, I, if if they know that, I kind of think that it's gonna it's gonna be pass heavy. Like I would I would attack the secondary as much as possible. Well, especially now that Darby's out, and I know the reaction on Twitter was like, "Oh, good, he sucks anyway." Yeah, well, and honestly, yeah. I don't even disagree that Darby's not that good. We've certainly debated him. Sure, but you you want him healthy for the game yes. because you, now you're only you're down to three healthy bodies. By the time you're listening to this, they might have made a roster move. Um, and brought in a guy like a Craig James or Orlando Skandrick was a name I know you threw out there that makes a lot of sense. But yep. secondary is an issue. Um, I haven't looked and, and seen what their percent number of blitzes was against the the Detroit. Uh, but I do wonder if they'll blitz as much against the Packers just because they've had to do it the last two weeks to mix results. Matthew Stafford, I'm pretty sure, was 6 of 7 against the Blitz with a touchdown. So I think Aaron Rodgers will be better against the Blitz than Definitely. Matthew Stafford was. And, and that's my biggest hesitation. Like, do I think the defense can figure out a way to keep the Packers' offense in check? And I don't think they have the personnel to do it. This isn't a Jim Schwartz take, I don't think. I think Jim Schwartz is a great defensive coordinator. But he doesn't have the rush on the front four. His secondary is extremely banged up, slash maybe not that good. So I think there's some real issues with this defense heading into Lambeau Field on a Thursday night. Well, and the other thing, too, is just you know uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who is – Kind of was was just a, a name in training camp, and everybody kind of yeah. heard about him, and then all of a sudden became a fantasy darling. That's what scares me the most too. Is they haven't really faced anybody with that particular speed. I think you can make some arguments for like you know Ridley or whoever they've kind of played in McLaurin. you know Marvin Jones. Like there's there's yeah. speed, but this guy is incredibly fast. Um, Not a good week to lose Darby. For that. Yeah, yeah. So that that is is the biggest concern there because if he gets locked up with Razul for any reason. You know that's that's yeah. that's a bad uh, mismatch right there. I would even say against Avante Maddox, it's not great either. And uh, you're you're hoping that like Sidney Jones can can your step boy. up to the Big plate and be like, boy. oh boy. And uh, I'm sure that the, it, so my my predictions on this is, is there's at least uh, you know whoever they're going to pick on. Maybe it is going to be Sidney. He's going to get burned absolutely. Somebody's going to get burned at Deep. least once yeah. in this game. Um, and and again, you know, there's Defonde Adams. There's it's a, it's a good wide receiving core. Like it hasn't um, it hasn't really dropped off much in the in the last couple of years. It's just it doesn't seem as explosive as it once was. But as we've learned before, like the secondary can make anybody look explosive with uh, yeah. you know kind of minimal speed and talent and things like that. There, so I don't know what's going to shake out, but. Uh, I, I'm with Elliot on this one. Like, I really do believe that m- m- just feelings alone, like, it doesn't make sense to me that they would be 1-3, and three, and maybe that's what I'm going off and of. And also, the Packers don't feel like a 4-0 and o team. No. But I like, should we, should we make our predictions? Yeah, yeah. All right, I, I, I have to pick them to lose. Like, just every, I get, my gut tells me they'll win, and I'm not using this as a cop-out, but they're just not, they're not playing winning football right now. Maybe this can lead us into our larger picture yeah. conversation, but... This team finds ways to lose games. That's, it has, yeah. That's what this team is since they won the Super Bowl. And people will say, well, why don't you bring up 17? I think like a post-Super Bowl era, which shout out to the Eagles for having a post-Super Bowl era, <laughs> but is a good way to look at it. Like 
Since then, they've found ways to lose games. So do I think they're going to go into Lambeau Field in a primetime spot against a, a good team, maybe not great team, but definitely a good team, and win? No, I I, I don't. Uh, I do. And uh, this is – there's too much good quarterback play for this not to eventually just like, are you going to have seven drops, two fumbles, and massive turnovers again? Like the the likelihood of that happening is is lower than it was last week. I'm not saying that you know. I mean, Wentz could certainly throw an interception. Wentz could have a bad game. There could be a, a turnover there. But this team has played good enough to go win these football games. And the only thing that has stopped them is themselves. It hasn't been the opponents. It hasn't been the Lions didn't really do much of anything. They just they they sat back and even Matt Ryan throwing three interceptions. You go. That's a lock. There you go. But like two special teams turnovers in back-to-back games, you're just like shaking your head and going, how's that? How's that? Or not turnovers, one turnover, and then like they run it back. Those things don't happen. You win football games. And this is kind of the that 2016 vibe that everybody was feeling because that started to happen after that Detroit game. It's always been like for some reason a thorn in this team's side on and on and on here. So uh, I I just buy into – that it just can't, these guys are too good to play this bad, despite the injuries and despite whatever they'd have to go around with, too. And like, even full well knowing, and you sat here and said, Brandon Graham's going to have a fantastic year. Yeah. Silent. You know, Derek Barnett, silent. Uh, Carson Wentz was the leading tackler at one point, you know, and in, in, it's just, it can't happen. You know, it, it, this team is. It, it, I know everybody's kind of like, oh, I thought the deepest team in the league, huh? And all this other different stuff. If it if it wasn't, then they wouldn't be in any of these games. That's how I feel about it. So I think that when it comes to the perception of this team, it's not the reality, and people need to realize what the Eagles are as opposed as opposed to what we think they are. I agree, they have a talented roster, but they're also a sloppy team that's average. They're ten and nine since the start of two thousand eighteen. If you want to pin it to just Carson or just what they've been with Carson, they're six and eight. Right, like this is not a team that wins consistently. If you take away a seven-game stretch in the middle of 2017, which I get is cherry-picking, but my point is this. Since Doug's taken over, they've been basically like win two, lose one, lose. Like, like they, they're just kind of who they are. So your, your point about they could be 3-0, and oh, they could be. But they're much closer to 0-3, and, and the reasons that you point to as to how they could be 3-0 and are things that always happen. I agree, they won't have seven drops this Thursday, but maybe it won't be that. Maybe it'll be, you know, a fumble recovery that doesn't go their way, or maybe the defense will blow it late, or, or you know, they won't score any points in the first quarter. Like, it'll be something. And that's my biggest issue with this team overall on a larger scale, is, you know, guys like Lewis Riddick, who I really respect, pro football focus that I really enjoy reading. Like, they, they say these things about the team, and then the expectations get so high. But if we're being realistic about this, since the start of 2018, the Eagles have been a middle-of-the-pack team that nobody should be afraid of playing. That's just a fact. They lose more than they win, basically. Or they're 10-9. They're and nine. They're a 500 team. They haven't beaten a good team since the Super Bowl. They've also had the most variables ever yeah. since then, too. But, but, like, but, but, you have to recognize that their secondary completely changed in the middle of the season. And, and you look at that as a negative and just go, oh, well, I mean, you know, but you still got to go win football games. They've had to deal with everything, but, everything from start to finish. And it is not an excuse at all that injuries affect teams. They do. 
Like they, to they, say they that they don't is, ba- is disingenuous. bad teams. No, they don't. Ba- they affect injuries, every team. Injuries are an excuse bad teams use. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2017, they were It'll just as banged up. It'll never fucking happen again. Agreed, but that's why they were a good team, because they overcame it, right? Like, and what and what, ha- and what jumped them in 2017? Starting fast, having confidence, right. being on top of everything. You ha- you knew who your quarterbacks were. You knew who your wide receivers were for the most part. Your offensive line, all of it. You right. knew what was going on at one point, like after three or four games. Yes, did you lose more bodies? Yes, you did. You lost Carson, but you had a nine-game winning streak going into that. And to e- even me, like saying, well, fucking the season's over. There were guys in that locker room that going, hell no. If that happened right now, yes, that would boom, that's it. Like, right. the season's over. But, but There's it, differences in mentality there. So, maybe my thing about injury was a little strong. I agree it has somewhat of an impact. My only point is this. Over 19 games, like, they are who they are in the regular season. If you want to tell me specifically these last two games have injuries had an impact, yes, they've had an impact. Losing Alshon and Deshaun matters. I agree. Not having Malik Jackson matters because it was he and was Timmy part Jernigan. of it. And, and Timmy Jernigan. And Absolutely. Yeah. But, like, at a certain point, you just have to say – this is who they are. Like they're always injured. Maybe this is just who they'll always be, right? They always they never make the big play at the big moment. When's the last time this team won a game they shouldn't have won? Where where all game it was like, man, they're not playing great, and then they won. Yeah, no, it's and that there is a fair argument. Right. There I look at this and I go, this is why it's tough. And here's my theory on why this is all happening too. 2017, and it's still, listen, I'm not saying that the NFL is suddenly taken over by analytics, uh-huh. but the Eagles had a humongous edge because no one was paying attention to it. Eagles right? are one of the smartest organizations in the league. They're ahead of the curve. They're still ahead of the curve there, Yeah. but now other teams are starting to catch on. That's one thing. The second thing is we're trying to determine, and this is why Howie's job is tough because this is we we can't suddenly and you're more of a results guy more of a process guy yep. and I think that's why although this I happens. did trust the process <laughs> just in case Spike's listening yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you look at it, I, I I hear what you're saying including with with PFF and Lewis Riddick and it, pretty much everybody in this building. You look at this and you go, Howie Roseman did a lot of smart things this offseason. This might have been one of best Howie's offseasons. I even said, I looked at the first three picks and I go, man, this might be Howie's best three picks of all time. Like, it has that potential to go and do that. That's not just to say we were all wrong and this sucks after three games and you're like, okay, whatever. And there's a lot of people that are claiming that on top of that. They, you know, JJ and Miles, they absolutely deserve criticism there. JJ still doesn't look like he he belongs after having a ton of different snaps and looking good in preseason or whatever. Uh, but I'm not ready to go ahead and throw them all out. And now you're now you're stuck with how do you make this window fit? This is the this is the toughest thing for every team to go and figure out. Many people have said you pay the quarterback, now it's a little different. You have to wonder, okay, do we double and triple down on veterans and bringing guys in here? And we know that this is a Super Bowl caliber team because you and I both saw that. Well, you saw well, it a little less. Yeah, I saw it a little less. <laughs> but at least the I poten- had him winning a playoff the, game. The, 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 but, but yeah, the potential to go and be there. Right. Uh, and now all of those risks that paid off in 2017 are not paying off in the first three weeks of 2019. Well, So Malik Jackson, who's a big free agent signing, Deshaun Jackson, who's a big free agent signing, are useless for the first couple of weeks now. Alshon Jeffrey, who you were counting on to not have J.J. Ortega-Whiteside coming, coming in start, is now not there. You know, there are things that happen. Dallas Goddard, a big breakout second year, useless for, for the first couple of weeks. That and a huge drop on top of that. Uh, so... In this, it's trying to determine which way that this Eagles team should go. Like, 
we all if we thought that this team didn't have Super Bowl potential, I don't think Howie would have done any of the stuff that he did. I think he would have started genesing some players probably a little earlier than we expected and gone like, okay, it's time to get younger. And this team absolutely does have to get younger, but it doesn't mean that they don't have a, a very talented roster. We all saw that. Well, one of the interesting interesting points you brought up is how in 2017 the Eagles were ahead of the league in a lot of things. Yeah. And they're probably ahead of the league in a lot of things right now we don't even know about. Right, it, right? Exactly. In two years we'll talk and be like, wow, they were early on that. Right. But one thing I do, I do think how we saw – a potential to take advantage of was signing veteran players from the free agency market. Zach Brown, you know, uh, Alshon's up there. Obviously, didn't they just sign right. him? But kind of going with older players, right? I think he saw that. I, a really interesting article prior to the season ranked like the which teams had the best young talent in the league, and the the were the teams at ESPN put dead last in young talent were the Patriots and the Eagles, two teams that probably a lot of people had in the Super Bowl prior <laughs> to the season, right? Yeah, so, right. I but part of that is. That's where I think the injuries play in a little bit. Like I get that Goddard is young and he's a calf injury, and that's just a bit of a. It just is what it is. But um, I saw a stat that prior to this season, only one player on the Eagles of their projected twenty-two starters had played a full year in the last three years. So, and that's I, a big deal too. And, and I yeah. get the injury thing, but where I can't decide is how much to take to use that as a reasoning for why they're not that good because. Injuries happen to every team. Maybe they happen more to the Eagles. They probably did last year. I think the stats show they lost a lot of games to injury last year. Other teams didn't. But at a certain point, it just becomes is what it is. And if you really are, like, if Doug really is one of the best five coaches in the league, which me and you would probably agree. Yep. If Howie's one of the best five quarterbacks, which we, I'm sorry, one of the best. <laughs> GMs, I was getting, yeah, I was yeah, getting yeah. to Carson. <laughs> if, if Howie's one of the best GMs, which we probably agree on. If Carson's one of the, on his way to being a top 10 quarterback, top five type guy. Like then, why are they only ten and nine over the last nineteen games? Like that—that's where I have trouble wrapping my head around. Where I sit here every week and I hear people go, "Oh, well, they're playing the Lions. They should beat them." Well, well they, you and I didn't feel they that didn't way. Beat them. You, well, yeah. you and I didn't feel that way immediately. Right. So the same thing with Atlanta too. Like there are there are. And I picked them to beat the Falcons. Right, and there are vibes about this team that I don't understand either. And I'm with you in a lot of those because. And this is what's pissing me off right now. Stop preemptively saying this isn't Wentz's fault. I know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. The guy makes $32 million. The guy's out here. He played gr- good. He played really – and he has played really good in since the second half of Atlanta. Okay? Like, consistently, yes. And, and there are probably reasons why. No preseason. Hasn't played a real football game in how many months or how many days or whatever. And if that's your floor, that's going to be a, still a fantastic season. Uh, Wentz didn't do anything really wrong or gaffes really wrong in compared to what happened on the field. I think you and I both understand that. But to say that that's going to be good enough for the future is so incredibly incorrect. That is not an MVP quarterback that's sitting right there having those types of performances. There's Just to your point, I don't know what it is or the magic formula that's got to work out there. But sorry, it's Carson's team. And they've got to turn close losses into wins. Yes. That, that's my ultimate point. Like this whole don't don't rip into Carson. Like I tweeted after the game, man, the offense had the ball twice with a chance to tie or yep. win the game, and they had three total yards in eight plays. I put something like brutal from Carson Wentz in the offense. 611 responses of people just being like, you know, like, screw you, da 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 Like, sorry, buddy, this is Carson's offense. He touches the ball in every play. I get that there were drops. And if this was, you know, if they were – 12-2 and two over their last 14 games, then yeah, you say, you know what? Carson came through there, they dropped the ball. Carson consistently loses close games. That's just a fact about him at this point in his career. I was thinking about this, and I'll, I think we texted about but I'll throw it to you. Like, How many games has A, Carson won where they shouldn't have won, and B, 
outside of his rookie year, because they were uh, underdogs early on, has he ever won a game where he went in as an underdog? Uh, that I don't know off the top of my brain. But just think about it. So like, at the Saints last year, they were probably uh, underdogs. Uh, yeah, like in his career, we're just talking in about his career. It? I'd be interested to know. Panthers, he was definitely an underdog there. You think in seventeen? Yeah, absolutely. They were they were not favored to win that football game. I know that for sure. Okay, so that's one. I'm, I'm guessing sure they that... might have been three because they were. Uh... Yeah, uh, I the, he was not favored in the Rams game in seventeen either. That I know for sure. Okay. Um. They were underdogs. I think they were underdog at Dallas last year, late in the year. Pretty sure oh, that's... And then probably, they, yeah, they probably at be. home, actually. Maybe not, but... I don't think at home, but I think it was... Right. Yeah, Dallas was definitely favored there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, honestly. What concerns me more... It's not winning games when you're favored. Yeah, you know that's the, that's the bigger <laughs> issue. Uh, and and again, it's not. No, it's not all Carson wins. It definitely is not. It's impossible not to see that on the field. But this is what we have seen so far, and it's just how you feel. Is he going to get better or is he going to stay the same? I think this is still the floor of his ceiling. Mm-hmm. And if this is the floor, like he's made spectacular plays, there is no fucking way that that ball should have been dropped with JJ in there that last play that was a perfect throw it was a perfect so throw. he didn't play a perfect game for sure he played I would give him B plus yeah, B plus A minus B plus A something like yeah, that yeah. right but on the flip side one thing I think Carson had, has had an issue with this season is he makes two or three throws a game where you're like this guy is, is basically like right below Patrick Mahomes right and then he makes two or three throws a game where you're like Ugh. what are you doing there right like I mean everyone talks about the drops Darius Slade dropped a pass that probably should have been a pick six if he holds on to yep. it. And then obviously he hurt his hamstring, so right maybe he doesn't run it back. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is ultimately like there was that was a bad pl- throw by Carson. So yeah. I do think one issue, and I don't even want to get into Carson, but my p- larger point is this. Howie, Doug, and Carson are going to get all the credit when they win the Super Bowl, rightfully so, and they're going to get all the blame when they don't make the playoffs. That's yeah. just how this works. They're the power structure of that team. They have the most input over it. So every game they play, Carson has an input on. When they win, even if he doesn't play great, like if they if they beat the Packers 17-14 to 14 on Sunday night and Carson's not great, I'll give him credit and say, you know what, he went into Green Bay and he won. Right. Because that's just how it works. You're the quarterback. And it's your close game thing. And he right, exactly. Came out of there and all all those things, right? Like, so when everyone says, oh, Carson doesn't deserve any blame for the loss, he does deserve blame for this loss because he's a quarterback and yes. that's just how this works. Yes. That's that's been since forever. Yeah. Uh, and if, I'm sorry if it's because he's the clean cut white boy that believes in Jesus or whatever it is. And I, I don't hold that against him either. I think he's a fantastic person. Nelson Aguilar is a fantastic person. Yeah. He gets fucking crushed as he should. You know, yeah. like it's, 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 oh, Again, it is okay to criticize the quarterback, especially in this town with the amount of money that he makes, with the expectations, with all of it. And we can logically go, okay, this clearly isn't on him, but he's got to. Here's the biggest thing that he's got to get better at, and no one's talking about it manage the game. Yeah. Just manage the game. Matthew Stafford's line was dog shit, but he managed the football game, he allowed others to go and make mistakes. And that, that to me, I meant to bring that up too. That is still the biggest issue with Carson Wentz right now is he is still with lesser players, with Matt Collins, with all these guys. Like, I can go and make this. You have to make it simpler for them too. Mm-hmm. You have to just go, I'm going to take the check down here. I'm going to go here. You can't take sacks. It's again, it's not an overall glaring part of it, but this is what's going to continue to happen in these games and why they're going to be close and like, man, the offense stalls for two drives or whatever. He's got to make it easier on himself, and he constantly puts himself behind the eight ball. Well, and part of the reason is, and this is to the whole clutch point like, no quarterback can survive 
falling behind at halftime every game. Like Can't if Tom it. Brady was behind in seven of the last eight games, like maybe him, but no other quarterback would have a winning record behind every single week at halftime. So yeah. the whole thing about Carson being clutch and why it's such a big deal is because he always has to be because he's always behind. Yeah. Now last week they scored 10 first quarter points and the special teams gives it up, which again points to my like this team needs to learn how to win games. Yep. But like Carson and them have to improve early on. Yeah, certainly. And and more more than anything, the skill I mean, players they've been behind every game this year at halftime. Skill players need to put the pull their heads out of their ass and you need to help your quarterback too cuz that's been yep. the largest problem ever. Even though Carson puts himself behind the eight ball, he has one of, which is why I think he's a special guy. Why is I think he's a special quarterback. If he can put that together and he can start trusting the guy, these guys a little more, they can go out there and just two, three yards at a time, boom, and then when you need that big third and 11, he's got that for you. Make him Yep, we saw that in you. 2017. Please, God, that's all I'm asking. And uh, and I think we can we can write that on. Elliot, you've got to go and uh, and do some radio stuff, obviously. But yeah, man, go. Any, any, any final thoughts as we're rolling out here? Yeah, I don't think they're going to win the game. I, <laughs> I just, I don't, man. Like, But that being said, I, this is probably the tornest I've been on a game in a long time. But... Hey, man, it'll be exciting. I'm excited to talk to you about it on a Friday. Yes. And or I so, guess Thursday night, actually. Yeah, Thursday night. I'll finally learn the post-game pod schedule <laughs> at one point in my it's life. A, it's only been over a year, Elliot. Exactly right. Uh, well, uh, Elliot's going to leave us. Uh, we've got some business to take care of. And that business, my friends, it starts with this. And we should have had this conversation to begin the season. And it's my fault. It's my fault that I didn't get to sit down with my guys and just say, I know what you're going through struggle trying to find answers making sure that hey this is this is me i know who i am carson you're one of the baddest motherfuckers in the league you are and you need to take this team into green bay and you need to lead it in a way that there will be no more doubting no more just hmm I don't know if he's got it. I don't know if he can win these close games. Because Carson, I'm telling you, baby, you just got to believe in these guys to go make plays. And Nelly and Mac and everybody else on this team needs to take it to another level because we did not come here in this offseason and defend you constantly, time and time again, and say, this is the deepest team in the league and you cannot leave us hanging out to dry when you're up against struggle. And struggle is what you're going to see in Green Bay. I want you to grab Aaron Rodgers by the neck and say, there's a new fucking sheriff in town and his name is Carson Wentz. This is my time. Your time ended years ago. You're not even as good as Meg Ryan. You're not even as good as Joe Flacco. This is me now. I'm the owner of Green Bay. I take over Lambeau Field. And that's what the Eagles are going to do. They're going to write in and say, give me all the blackberry brandy that you have in town. We're going to guzzle it just like we're going to guzzle that offense up. Eagles 28, Green Bay 17. Go Birds!
stay alert for breaking news. One, two. I hope something happens. <laughs> Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Could this be the emergency Jalen pod? I think he's going to the Chiefs. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, he probably is, which is sad. Although he did follow Deshaun and Malcolm on Instagram. And? What's ne- your Instagram rule? Instagram never lies. But he also followed Mark Ingram. So. <laughs> Him or the Ravens.